What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. we got a great show for you guys today. We had some breaking news on this Tuesday involving Disney and, and their direction moving forward. It should have some implications for Marvel. We'll break all that stuff down. Also, we got some word about uh, Spider-Man. Tom Holland himself actually spoke a lot this week, so we'll break down some of his comments over the course of the past week. And we got some Disney Plus news as well. So it should be a really great show. We're back to doing TV recap. I know for some of you people out there who listen to the show expecting us to recap uh, TV shows at the end of this. I know we've been off of it since Crisis. We're finally back with it. Our first, uh, well, we did Arrow, I think, um, before. But besides Arrow, we hadn't done any other shows. But we're back this week with Batwoman and Supergirl. The plan next week is to fold in Flash and Black Lightning. So hopefully we'll be back on track uh, soon enough. But should be a great show. Joining me is my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall is here. Shamari is not here. He's uh, too busy right now, so he's, he's unable to join us. But uh, Kendall joined me as well. And Kendall, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that story that also kind of um, got a lot of attention. If you if you read the comics, you know that DC is back to doing another reboot. Um, and, and the reboot, I think, won't be nearly as uh, dramatic as probably Rebirth or... Um, or uh, or New 52 was for sure. Um, it's going to be called 5G, and then it's going to kind of start... Get it? 5G. <laughs> yeah, ATT owns, you know, all this stuff, of course. Um, so they're going through a new reboot, and they're doing it without their head man, Dan DiDio. He was fired by AT&T. Um, there have been various reports about why he's been fired, but one of the, you know, including in a bad relationship with Scott Snyder, who's one of the best... Uh, comic writers on the DC roster right now but the the rumor that got the most attention and is raising the most eyebrows is that AT&T apparently is um, first of all was very unhappy with Dan DiDio and has been pretty much unhappy with DC Comics as a whole and that they may be looking at pushing DC onto another property in a sale and apparently according to the rumors the top candidate to by um, DC would be Marvel. Kendall. This... Now, I gotta be clear. A lot of people have said that this is fake news, to be fair. But, you know, I see the report coming out of uh, uh, CosmicBookNews.com CosmicBookNews.com or CosmicBook.News. Shout out to them. They've gotten scoops before. This wouldn't be their last scoop if they this didn't indeed come, become true. What do you make of this idea that Marvel could take over DC? Um, now what's interesting about this is that there are a lot of layers to this, because first you think Marvel takes over DC, like, I mean, holy monopoly, but, (laughs) but, um, you wonder, does that affect only the comic division? Because it's hard to believe that Warner Brothers would, would, would move any of their, any of their DC stuff over to Disney, um, because that stuff's worth hundreds of millions, if not billions, not well, certainly billions of dollars. So, um, and look, Disney has billions of dollars, so maybe that's a deal they're willing to to, to turn out. But, um, and so if it's the comics division, that's a much easier deal to 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 work out, and that would certainly still be a seismic shift in pop culture if DC Comics and Marvel Comics were under the same umbrella. Um, I. Obviously, it sounds so unbelievable, but in today's day and age, with the amount of monopolies and the, 
I mean, we always joke that, you know, three, four, five companies own everything, you know, like, and in today's day and age, is it that crazy to think that DC and Marvel would be owned by the same company if they're the only ones that feel like, if they're the only company that feels like they can profit off of the comic business? Is Marvel even copy? Is Marvel or Disney even profiting off of the comic book business? I always kind of assumed that it was a business in this day and age, unfortunately, where you just lose money. Yeah, I mean, like they make I, mean, up for, I haven't heard anything about Marvel like making bank through their comic books. I always, to me, in the way in which this new superhero landscape is, and not that you're talking to someone here who is a comic book buyer who buys comic books. Um, at least every month, sometimes every week. Uh, to me, it's almost like the movies kind of funded them the ability to then do like comic books. Like they're making so much money off that that if they kind of right, lose right. money on the comics, but you know it's kind of like a creative project, and it's still like you know kind of pushing the art form and moving it forward. Still, you know that's okay. I guess obviously DC's had major issues with their movies, so maybe they haven't had that kind of bread to just burn on making comic books. Which is kind of important because I think that the rebirth stuff has been really good. It, it, it's unfortunate that you know AT and T feels like they can't move forward with it in its current iteration. Apparently, they don't want anything to do with this five G thing, which right. they, they feel like it's too risky. They feel like when they have so many of their characters with this um, on the on the big screen on the television screen, and they feel that they will have more coming. They don't want another reboot that's going to change the landscape of the, the you know DC universe. And in, in this iteration, you know the plan would be that you know some of these major heroes wouldn't be the the same heroes. Like you, the continuities that have been uh, created would all fall within certain eras, so they wouldn't. They would all be canon. So that's why when I said in my top, it wouldn't be that groundbreaking. It's that in that regard, and that it's not changing anything that's happened. Those iterations and those canons live within a certain time frame. Now you're starting a new canon here, but I guess technically the new canon could be anything. There's been word about want them wanting to do things with Batman. Um, like So I guess that's where you know someone like AT&T, who feels like they have a lot invested in Batman, is feels you know, troubles, troubled. It does feel a lot to me. You know, I was watching the WWE Network, uh, you know, Ruthless Aggression, documentary they, they've done they've done three parts five parts i watched the third one last night and a lot of it is the time after uh wwe bought wcw and that's to me is kind of what this would feel like but i guess when I, that's because that's the only really example i can think of that's seeming like kind of apples to apples where like you know you have two major players in, in the game of comic books you have indie places just like you have indie comic book places but you know the two major players are in one place and uh and one deciding that uh after being bought out by a company that that realized they no longer wanted to be in the wrestling business anymore decided that they needed to uh you know just sell out and i don't know how i would feel about marvel and dc being under the same umbrella to be honest Maybe because I'm scarred, honestly, by that wrestling experience where Vince McMahon like kind of just buried a lot of WCW talent once they got to uh, WWE. I feel like you know what would stop Feige from you know burying the DC people. 
well, that's the Marvel thing. And like, you know, Disney telling him to bury the DC characters, and, and that that's the interesting part because it's like I don't think that would happen because I mean, obviously, Feige the creative and stuff, but there would the only motivation that would lie would lie there is if Warner Brothers still hold the movie rights. So if Warner Brothers still owns the movie rights, then there's massive uh, motivation for yeah, them. exactly. Marvel would be like, nope. Marvel you know, buried their own. Ca- they buried their own characters. <laughs> yeah, they've done that. Yeah, they've done it before. So, you know, I that would be the 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 fear. But at the same time, look, I mean, obviously Bob Iger, which we'll talk about, no longer running things. But at the same time, you know, Kevin Feige, as far as we know, has full autonomy to do whatever he wants. So, I mean, obviously, if there's such a mandate at that high of a level, we're we're talking about screwing over Warner Brothers. Like, he may not have that kind of power, but. You know, he is running everything at Marvel Studios, so he can, in in theory, he can he can do the he can make the 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 the, the stories if he wants. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think this is I think this is certainly possible. I I think uh, it makes sense for them to, to to do this if you're if you're Disney if you it just makes sense for them to have interest. I I think honestly, it's sad. It's certainly a oh, sad. It's story. very sad. Because like, where are these stories gonna go? I mean, these are there's a lot of history involved in this stuff, and at the end of the day, there is still value in these stories acting as source material for the movies. Of course, because there's a nostalgia aspect of like when you read Civil War and then you see Civil War on the big screen, it's it adds to that uh, experience um, when you. Uh, and it also just gives these creators more ideas. You know, a lot of these stories are loosely or strongly based off of um, stories straight from comic books. You know, like, obviously, we we wouldn't have Watchmen the movie or Watchmen the television series without the graphic novel. You know, like, so obviously, this is, this is a blow to our culture and our industry, but... Um, I mean, I wouldn't. I people are saying there's zero percent chance this happens. I I can't say that in 2020. I I just can't. When you're talking about Disney and money, mm-hmm. you, I there's no there's no reason for me. They bought Fox. Yeah. Like they bought Fox. Everything except Fox News and Fox Sports. Like, and those that was basically strictly like a monopoly thing. <laughs> like they couldn't buy those properties. So like, they're they're. There are reasons to believe that, well, Disney, if they really want to get this done, they can. I mean, I don't know if there's value to them. I don't know where the value lies for them, but I could see, I could see it happen. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna say that it can't happen. I think it's unlikely because I just feel like, I feel like at the end of the day, like they're gonna try to do something. Apparently, one of the things they're trying, they're thinking about is uh, the. Um, is is letting the TV writers and movie writers and directors write the comic books as opposed to the comic book writers, or at least at the very least including them in the game. So you know if you're going to have a J.J. Abrams, a, a, a you know a Berlanti, um, you know maybe a Kathy Yan, and some of these people, uh, you know James Gunn, they would be some of the top comic book writers as well at DC. I hate that idea, by the way. Cannot just absolutely do not. Want that at all? But that is apparently one of the things they're considering. But um, and I said Cosmic Blue, 
pod, cosmicbook.news, but I actually think that it was originally the Lords of the Long Box that uh, they, they may have originally oh. mentioned. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm reading from their article. It says, uh, it says, the Lords of the Long Box channel does note that the rumor of Marvel taking over DC Con might just be something thrown out there by AT&T and Warner uh, in order to see the fan reaction. But at the same time, notes that having instead of having uh, no DC Comics published, wouldn't it be better to have Marvel take over and publish DC Comics and their characters? Which would, does, I think does make sense. I don't, I think they know that the the, the pushback, I, to me, it's kind of crazy. I don't know. I, you know how I feel about corporations. It's kind of, you know, it falls in line with my worldview. You can't convince me that a corporation like AT&T can't put out comic books. <laughs> like and they're gonna be bleeding and like they they can't oh I guess we can't make comic books anymore we're not making any money like you you got the money fam like relax so right so I think them trying to paint it that way is not gonna play over well so that's gonna be uh, an issue for me and I don't know I just feel like and and not, I'm and you're also talking to someone who's a DC comics re- reader I actually don't really read Marvel comics right now I have in the past but right now I've kind of been more in my DC bag. And I, I've very much enjoyed it. So, to me, Marvel reads different. It's a different vibe. I, I think that that would be kind of crazy just to give it over to Marvel. But like you said, in this day and age, anything is possible with this stuff. So, um, that's going to be a story to, to pay attention to. I don't know how much. But I'd put a percentage on it, how how likely it is. I'd probably put it at maybe, you know, 25%. You know, I clearly well, that's kind of high, man. Do you, think do you think that's high? I don't think that's high at all. I, yeah, 25 means, I mean, that's that's the odds that, you know, the team with the worst record in the NBA gets the number one pick in the draft. I mean, that's fair, but I guess to me, the reason why I say that is because the only way, my thing is, I don't think they're going to sell. That's, I guess, my take on it. So my thing is, if there is a sale, which I think there is, is possible, because AT&T, may, they're, you know, just about their bag. They may decide, decide that this isn't worth it, and they just want to get the cash out and move on. The, the likeliest place to buy them would have to be Marvel, right? Like, I think we agree with that. The question is, would yeah. the fans Unless somebody completely out of left field, like a, an Apple or somebody. Yeah, but... Yeah, I just... But. I get, but like I said before, you know, comic books just doesn't seem... Isn't very profitable. It's not right. a profitable business today. So who is going to jump into a business that likely isn't profitable with a property that... Is not doing well, not doing as well on the big screen as the competitor. I, I don't, I don't. I, to me, I don't know. I don't know why you're doing that unless there's some kind of nostalgia, some kind of, you know, sentimental, sentimental value yeah. to doing it. And the only place that has that is Marvel. So that's why I put it at twenty five percent because I think there probably is a twenty five percent chance there is some kind of sale. Which I, I mean, you say it's high. I don't think it's that high. I think it's very likely that they'll. Get, they fired the deal, so that was the first step. And they'll just stop 5G. They'll just say, we're not going to have you replace our top seven characters with new people. We just, they, they just won't allow it. And um, and they'll do something else. I don't know what that would be. But I think that's more likely than, than I, I way more likely than, than Marvel buying it. I'd say 10%. Like, it, like it can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's not likely, but for me, but... Uh, I mean, it's it, it, it's possible. I can see that scenario playing out, but I just feel like there's so many factors, and I think AT and T is going to be and DC AT and T is going to be determined not to sell to Disney. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like there is motivation for them to not let this happen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and whether you, they may take a, a lesser deal, 
you know. But I that that's the one thing where I'm like, are they really gonna kowtow to Disney? That's where that's where I, I see it being unlikely, but it's certainly uh it's certainly possible though. Certainly possible from a business perspective, it's probably the right the right thing to do. Exactly. We'll have to see how that ends up playing out. But one of the uh the, the big news that happened today, Kendall, Bob Iger officially out at Disney. Um, he stepped down effective immediately as uh, as CEO of of, of the Mouse. Um, he will be replaced by uh, Bob Chapek, uh, who will uh, remain on Chapek, as right? uh, Chapek is how I see it. Spelled. Chapek, yeah, that's how yeah, I see Chapek. it. Um, uh, he will remain on as, as executive chairman until his contract ends on December thirty first. Uh, he put out a statement that is uh, uh, Iger saying. Quote, with the successful launch of Disney's direct-to-consumer businesses and the integration of 20, 21st Century Fox well underway, I believe this is the optimal time to transition to a new CEO. I have the utmost confidence in Bob and look forward to working closely with him over the next 22 months as he assumes this new role and delves deeper into Disney's multifaceted global business businesses and operations while I continue to focus on the company's creative endeavors. So and that's right. the thing too that's important because Bob Iger will he he'll be like a executive chairman or executive uh, he'll have some role in, uh, as an executive chairman like he's gonna not be he's not gonna yeah, he's, he's not leaving the yeah so so For even now. though he's still leaving 20, as CEO 20. he's still the chairman Kendall what do you think this uh what do you, what do you take from this well I mean look we gotta place bets what what, what are the theories man like you know it, it felt it, abrupt it, we it, didn't we didn't expect this to happen. It, it, there's something, something, something's running up. Something's man. afoot, right? You know, the the leading theories right now. You got to think. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, when it comes to any type of CEO at a major corporation, you're like, look, there's a scandal coming. Seems unlikely, considering he's still involved. You know, I can't imagine <laughs> that this can get away. Down yeah. the pipe, he would have just left. Immediately got can, his stuff and not been involved in any capacity. So I can't, he, yeah, I can't imagine was, Disney getting away with him stepping down but still staying with the company if there's some bad scandal coming with him. I, right, I, like so they're, that, they're too big. I think there's too many people who he has too much visibility to get away with that. There may be some company that can get away with that kind of thing. I don't think it's them. Right, so that that seems unlikely. Um, obviously, you hope it's not anything health related. That you know, that's always something. He's 69 years old. That's something you also have to consider. But um, as far as we know, he's in good health, you know, but I mean, but it's still early. We don't know yet. Um, But besides that, I mean, look, then you get to the more interesting uh, possibilities. Look, is is Bob Iger running for president? You know, it it Again, that doesn't seem to make sense if he's if he's also going to be. Look, I don't know what chairman really means. I agree that that on some level that doesn't that doesn't make sense, but I mean he like he may he's probably not going to be involved in the day to day stuff anymore. So the way he seemed to describe it was he wouldn't he would no longer be involved uh, as much like you know on like as he said the the multi is multifaceted global businesses and operations, um, but that he would focus on the company's creative endeavors. Which is it is is interesting because the way I take that is okay. I'm not doing the spreadsheets and the yeah, the um, finance finances and 
you know, amusement parks, all that stuff. Well, maybe amusement parks may have a little bit with uh, creative endeavors, but right. I think he's me, just an idea. I, yeah, I think to me, I think he just wants to oversee Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar. Like, you know, I think I think that's what he wants now. I don't think he wants any of that other business aspect of it. I'm sure in this new role, anytime I've heard of a guy that's an executive chairman, that guy still has a lot of women. Um, that person still has a lot of power. Um, they they really still have final say from everything I've seen just from anyone who's an executive chairman. So to me, it just uh, to me and the CEO usually is the business guy. So I think that to me, like he's just kind of leaving the business part of it away and doing the more probably the more quote unquote fun stuff. And um, I, I don't know. Like you said uh, it, it, it just seems it just seems odd. Like you said, it just seems odd that this is all happening so. Uh, I don't know where. I think the president thing is possible. I, I wouldn't put money on it, but I mean, it's so he's jumping in the he's jumping in the primary. He, look, maybe look, maybe someone in the Democratic Party, and we're not getting too much deep into politics. But maybe somebody was like, "We look, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta jump in this thing." This guy Bloomberg, his money's no good. <laughs> I, I don't know. Now, <laughs> now that's a theory. Um... Yeah, I mean, maybe he's buying the Knicks. I don't know. He's a Knicks fan. He's got a lot. Is of he money. really a Knicks fan? Yes, he is. I and the Rangers. So, I know that. He's like, ooh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I'm like, ah, that, that's interesting. It's interesting. Um, it's I, I don't. The president thing just seems. I, I don't. I don't believe that. I just feel like it's way too late in the game. If you're gonna, if he's gonna run for president, he's, he'd have to run as a third party, and I. Based on his political leanings, that I'm assuming, uh, I don't think that that would help the cause that he's hoping to help. Though, again, I'm not 100 percent sure where all that lies. So, I, what I'm, do you mean? I think I, mean, I would think of Bob Iger. Right, I would think an, I would think an I Bob Iger third party run would hurt the Democratic Party. You think it would or it wouldn't? It would if he ran third party. Oh yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah. Probably. So my thing is, he to me, he can't. He's he's not gonna win the. He can't win the primary. Like it's I mean, too that's, late. That's the question. He'd have to. He'd have to. He'd have to announce his candidacy for president today. Like Tuesday, Tuesday next week. I mean, look. I mean, as we record this podcast, maybe as you're listening, maybe he has already done. It. I don't know. It seems unlikely. It seems like a pipe dream, but um, I just don't think that you're taking a, just, another role as a chairman if you're going to be running for president. The that's, most the most likely thing is that there's nothing afoot and that he just. Is old and doesn't really want to do this anymore, so he just wants the fun parts of the job, which is telling people whether or not he likes their ideas or not. <laughs> yeah, which, which I'm sure for him is really fun. Yeah, it's probably still fun. It's starting probably still fun for Kevin Feige to go to him and say, "What do you think about us doing, you know, an Avengers movie with all women, you know, or what do you think about us doing a, you know, a Captain America with Chris Evans back?" Like, I'm sure he likes still doing that, but. Uh, like you said, he just doesn't like doing the stockholder, you know, stockholder meeting. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, doing all the fine print. And look. And that does not uh, sound fun. So I'm, I'm, I, w- I would understand if he was like, I ain't doing that anymore. I got way too much money, too much money to be dealing with that at this point in my life. And look, the the Bob number two, uh, what's his name? Chapka? Yeah. Chapek. Chapek. Chapik, yes, Chapka. <laughs> Bob Chapik um, has a parks background, which is, is is interesting because 
obviously the Disney parks are, have always been successful. So, I mean, that's, it's, he knows how to run a business. He knows how to run something well, but, and like you said, there is some, there, it does take some creative, uh, vision to make those things be as profitable and successful as they've been. My only question, and he's done deals in China with Disneyland in Shanghai and, you know, he's done deals and, you know, he's Im- implemented, obviously, Galaxy's Edge and all these different places on in Disney World and Disneyland. But um, he doesn't necessarily have any background, as far as I know, in movie making. So how does that affect how like how does that affect um, Marvel Studios, Lucasfilm, Pixar, uh I would assume, look, Alan Horn hasn't left, and Alan Horn's still the movie guy as far as we know. Um, so that may not change anything, and as far as, as long as Iger is still there, I think right. that's also part of the reason why Iger is still there is less even about him wanting to stay involved and much more about maybe a transition period. And to me, I think, I think I think part of the reason why all the things that happened over Mar- for, with Marvel over the last year makes sense um, uh, that would rather they do make sense now because of this news today because I feel like I would maybe setting up kind of Marvel and some of these other, I mean, as you guys know, it's, you know, <laughs> Lucasfilm, there's a lot of questions still to be answered that is not to resolve. But I think at the very least with Marvel and we know how Disney animation, Disney Pixar, you know, they're, they're just a machine. I think a lot of the moves they did were to set up this eventual transition because remember Feige very recently got this, unbelievable autonomous control over everything involving marvel that wasn't something that he had a long time ago that's something that happened just this past year where now he he has control of television and you know it wasn't it was that fateful meeting that was talked about today this week with uh you know ruffalo mentioning you know him and perlmutter butting heads in that it resulted in feige eventually getting creative control of the movies but again that wasn't that long ago that that happened so i think that now that I think Iger feels comfortable, I think, stepping away a little bit, at least stepping away from the business side of it a little bit, because he knows, okay, my franchise player is set with whatever kind of crazy contract he has. We still don't know any of the terms. You know, all the money that Abrams and is getting for his company and what um, and, and what uh, uh, the guy who does the CW stuff. Uh, Brilliant. Yeah, Brilliant. I don't know why I can remember his name. We know, you know, the bag he got. We still don't know the Feige bag, but we know that it's a lot of money. All those deals have now been set up, so I think he feels comfortable being like, okay, like, you know, for any CEO to kind of come in and decide that they want to really change things up, it would be a lot more difficult. So I, I kind of get now why some of this stuff happened. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel that. Um, I, I, You know, you also wonder, um, like, does this... Does this kind of it like how long has this been in the works? Rather, you know, because like that's where I wonder about the status quo. Is this going to shake up anything? Like, obviously, when we do this effective immediately, like I feel like Iger. I mean, we we like people have speculated on what the succession plan was. Um, you know, Chappie has, has been a, a candidate for a while. He's been someone that was talked about. I don't think he was the the presumptive candidate. There was someone else uh, at Disney that that a lot of people thought made more sense. But um, 
but you you just wonder like has how long have people been privy to this like is this gonna is this something that's been in the works for months and you know like i would imagine Iger knew about this when he did his stockholder meeting he just didn't tell people but i think he had already kind of i would assume he already had this as a possibility if not already in motion um but but then again you think about the timing and it's just so weird like disney is not not at a stable point right now you know with the coronavirus stuff and like this is not an easy thing to navigate at this stage you know they've had multiple movies coming out and um which i mean they're disney so always got a movie comes out coming out (laughs) but like i don't know it's just it's, it's a weird time um yep that you know the, like i said after the coronavirus stuff like their stocks have been down like but uh, it makes again it makes you think that there is something that we will we will find out in the next week or two that'll explain why bob Iger is left because typically that's that's what happens yeah something is so something is so jarring something is so unbelievable there is a reason that we find out um why it happens yeah no it's it, it, it something's gonna happen there's there's another there's another shooter drop i don't think it's as dramatic as maybe president scandal as we were thinking i don't know what exactly it is but i do think that the reason why this movie is happening is more primarily because all right everyone's set everything's good to go I don't want to be in no board meeting anymore. Let me get out of here. I think that's the main course of this. Is there going to be something that comes out within the next few days or weeks even? Yeah, because that, that's usually what happens when you have, you have these kind of departures. So or we learn about, you know, some kind of relationship issues you may have with someone, you know, on the Disney board or whatever. Maybe. No, that's something that certainly is possible. But I think for where they are now, I don't expect anything dramatic. I just I think that things are set up in a good way. And that's why he wants to, uh, to move on. Um. But I do want to shift the focus now to Mr. Tom Holland, who's had a lot to say about um, his movie, Spider-Man 3, which we don't know the title of yet, by the way. Um, obviously, we had Homecoming, we had Far From Home, still waiting what the third uh, movie would be. But he assures us that despite what um, we saw on the internet, which was sheer panic at the idea of them not being a, a, a continuity uh a shared continuity with the Spider-Man movies and the Marvel movies after Disney and Sony had their major spat over the course of the summer. Holland says that the future was still bright with Sony. And that, in fact, Sony had a, a quote, really, really wonderful idea how we could sort of transition into a Spider-Man without the MCU. And Tom Rockman and Amy Pascal were really confident they were going to do justice and make a film of the caliber that Spider-Man requires. Uh, but then he said, but that said, I'm glad to be back in the MCU and, have, and to have the team back together because I feel like it's where he belongs now. I'm I'm really grateful that Bob Iger and Rothman allowed me to be a part of the process of bringing him home. It was pretty clear. It was a pretty cool experience and also the best bragging rights ever. I saved Spider-Man. So those were his comments about the past. He also says that he does know where the next movie is going for the future. Um, he says he knows exactly what's what's going to happen, which is um, not that surprising, actually, because, you know, they, they set up the, the next movie pretty aggressively with what they did. So I'm not surprised that he would actually know. His quote was, I know everything now. I had my bitch, my big pitch meeting with Marvel and Sony about two weeks ago, and I know all the secrets, but I've also done 
by a thousand interviews, so I know how not to spoil a movie anymore. So we have to worry about him spoiling the movie, even though he does know everything about it. So, Kendall, what do you make from uh, Tom Holland's uh, comments from this week regarding Spider-Man? Um, yeah, look, I mean, I thought it was interesting that he he gave us that he gave us a look into what or he not say a look but you know he he referenced what he know what he knows about what the sony movie would have been had the deal not come through and saying that that would have been really good i mean he has to say that because he works for sony but um you know the fact that he was intrigued by what sony had planned if a marvel disney thing never if a disney sony thing never came to agreement um, I don't know if I believe him. I don't believe him. I'll just say it immediately. I don't believe him. Only, I, the only reason I bring that up is because he was so, I don't say distraught, but he was so adamant in public about how this this deal had to get done. So if you really loved what they were gonna do, why were you even so? Why were you badgering Disney in the in the media so much? So yeah, no, I I'm skeptical. Yeah, I don't I don't. Uh, and I didn't even go there in terms of why I don't believe him. I don't believe him just because of the way the timeline worked. Because this whole thing got resolved about a, it took about a month. It was fairly quick. But remember when that thing blew up very publicly, there was question about whether John Watts would come back, and we all knew Faye wasn't going to be involved. So no director, no producer. But you had an idea, you had a great, wonderful idea of how you were going to transition everything that didn't involve any creatives. I'm not to say that Pascal is not creative, but like no screenwriters, no directors. It was just executives chopping it up by what they could do. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to buy that Pascal and Rothman were the brain trust behind some great idea to transition Spider-Man out of the MCU. I think that's him. Um, I think that that's him, you know, uh, he, he's putting them over, as we say in the wrestling business. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I think in a sense, he kind of buried them with how he was begging to be back in the MCU and all the the unfollowing Sony. I mean, we forget some of the stuff that was going on during that time. It was he their relationship was clearly there was clearly an issue. I think this is him doing his part, whether it be something they told him to do, maybe something that his agent said, hey, we might want to. Now that we're, you know, really, they're doing, he's on, you know, uh, he's doing interviews for another movie that's coming out that he's doing. Maybe they told him, hey, on this press tour, you know, maybe we want to soften up a little bit of that stuff that happened during that spat. Because it was very clear to me that Holland was team Marvel during that entire time. So him going out saying, oh, yeah, Amy and Tom had it all figured out. It would have been fine anyway. With the way he was acting, nah, fam, I'm not, no way. I, I don't believe it at all. Timeline doesn't make any sense. You can't tell me in a month with no director and no writer that, again, Rothman and Pascal came out with some great idea for Spider-Man getting out of the MCU. Not not happening without any creatives. And it's definitely not happening the way he was acting. He clearly wasn't happy with what happened, so I don't agree with that at all. I do find it, uh, again, I, I don't find I don't know how you feel about him. I don't find it surprising, however, that he does know everything about Sp- Spider-Man 3. That, to me, is not surprising. I think that Marvel, Feige's very meticulous with how they work. I mean, one was kind of its own thing, but then two was absolutely setting up for something bigger. So having, you know, Spider-Man, you know, uh, Far From Home end the way it did, it was very clear where uh, Feige wanted to go. Feige in conjunction with Sony. 
I don't know how that's going to be affected with whatever Sony's doing with these the Venom movie and the uh, and the Morbius movie. But him uh, being knowledgeable and that he he learned about the plan, you know, three weeks ago, that's not surprising at all. Um, yeah, nah, nah, that's that's not surprising. Um, especially once the deal gets done, they kind of have to keep him informed on that kind of thing. Um, and look, I mean, he's Tom Holland, you know. Right. <laughs> I mean, like he's a he's a major he's a major person in in Disney, like major person in Sony, major person in Disney. Like, uh, I believe he's starring this this movie Onward. I believe I think that's that may be where he's where he's doing all this press touring for. Um, that's a that's a major Pixar movie coming out this year. So like, this is this is not like. Like this isn't just your regular person that um, is commenting on this. This is not, uh, you know, the kid who plays Ned Leeds. And I know if he said that, I'd be like, wow, wow, they're keeping really in the loop. You know, they must be pretty far along in uh, in development of this. But I mean, Tom Holland. I mean, I imagine your star would know at this point. What the movie, what the next movie is going to be about? Like you said, once, but considering they teased it so much, um, you would think he would have to know, yeah, and be on board with the story on some level. I mean, he, of course, he, on so, of course he has to do. He's just an actor, you know. He's not called the, he's not paid to call the plays, but, um, yeah, I'm sure they they allow him to give some input on the way his character is written, and you know, whatever story they they're going they're going to take his character, whatever route they're taking his character down. Exactly. I want to. We'll have more uh, stuff to talk about Marvel very soon. But I want to. I want to go to DC real quick again, just to talk about the Batman. Um, we got some more stuff this week. We got some set photos and some video of a Batman wiping out on a bike. So, <laughs> uh, I think there was one video where he didn't wipe out. There was one video where the Batman definitely wiped out on his motorcycle, which was pretty interesting. Obviously, we're glad he's not hurt or anything. It looks like a stump double, by the way. I don't think it was Robert Pattinson. But um, we got another look at the Batman suit, which uh, it, it got a lot of attention on social media because it, it wasn't, it really didn't look really anything like the suit that we saw in that test shoot, which was interesting. This one looked even more like body armor. It didn't include a cape from what I could see. Um, it had almost like these like wrist gauntlets similar to uh, Black Widow. I'm not sure if anything's supposed to shoot out of them, but but it, they it, they were you know unique from from anything I had seen from the Batman previously, and there he was this uh, stunt double that was on a motorcycle was also paired with some other female. And the questions asked, you know, well is this supposed to be Catwoman's? Uh, you know, is this a Zoe Zoe uh, uh, Zoe Kravitz? Oh, no, Zoe Kravitz, not that. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz is stunt double potentially. So, uh, Kendall, what did you make of uh, of, of that uh, of that new Batman suit that you saw? Yeah, I mean, look, the 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 suit. I already said my thing on the suit last week. I, it's very much a wait and see. I honestly, I don't really care that much because it have very little bearing on the on the movie. But uh, obviously, the cape won't. Uh, I imagine the cape is, is going to be CG. Uh, really, that's what you think's happening. Yeah, yeah, I think the cape. Uh, why? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's an advantage to it, but 
yeah, I imagine this they're gonna CG his kid. Um Maybe they maybe it's gonna be more aerodynamic or maybe it's gonna be more involved and they just feel like that's too much work. Um But there there is no such thing as Batman without a cape. Oh yeah, he's gonna have a cape. Anybody who's freaking out about it, like they definitely need to relax. Um so yeah, no, nah, I, I think I think those scenes will have a cape, but I think it's gonna be a CG cape. Um I don't know. You know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff coming out about this movie. Um there's even the stuff about uh the the Graysons, which are which has also been interesting. People yeah. talking about how they may be casting how they you know, they're they were the casting call for uh, in Europe. I believe in it was supposed to be in Manchester. They're looking for people to play circus people in an action movie coming out or that's filming this year. So people thought, look, I mean, look, the Batman's a major action film. Filming in London, in a film that's filming in the UK, London specifically. Uh, that acts for Manchester, but London specifically. Uh, and obviously, we think Circus and Batman, you think the Graysons, and you think uh, Robin. I don't know. That seems a bit of a stretch, but. And also, he's too young to have a Robin right now. Yeah. If he's in second year. Yeah, exactly. And we know, um, he, uh, by the way, Reeves had had posted a picture from um, a panel from or a page from Batman uh, year one on his Twitter for Bruce Wayne's birthday. So that may have been our first closest thing to confirmation that he is in somewhat taking inspiration from the year one storyline. Uh, yeah, I'm not tripping about the cape. We saw the cape in the in the test shoot. So I don't I don't think that they would have then made a bold decision to say, you know what? No cape. We don't need that. I, I that would really surprise me if they did that. So I don't think that that's what's. I don't think that's happening. So I'm not really too concerned about that. Um, I, I'm cool with it, you know. But it's kind of how I feel about everything. Like you know, when you get those like iPhone seven, you know, photos from a long distance, it, it never does anything, you know, great justice. I'm not saying that he looks bad. I think he looks fine. But um, you know, a lot of people who love the Bat- Ben Affleck suit and. I would say for mo- the most part, for good reason. It's a great Batman suit, no question about it. Batman himself in the movie, a lot of issues, but the the, the suit was was cool. Um, they kind of you know scoff that and say, "Oh, here we go again." Of the militar militarized look, Batman as opposed to you know something looking closer to a costume. Again, this to me, this suit I saw looked a little different from the test suit I saw. So the rumors and the stuff that's been going around that he may actually have multiple suits seems already seems to become to fruition to me because this is the second to me this is the second suit i saw the suit i saw before didn't have any of the stuff that not any you know you still saw the what looked like the gun as the uh the gun as the as the bat symbol the logo right but everything else yeah. from like a lot of the other stuff again the, the gauntlets we didn't see that before and stuff so i i i'm not i think that we're going to see him probably take various different um looks as uh, as Batman, but I think this was fine. I do miss not having the, you know, the blue or gray or black. And I know I, I talked about, I asked that question a couple weeks ago, whether or not they would, you know, we we had the all red lighting on the test shoots. So we didn't know what exactly what the coloring scheme was. Here, we're back to, you know, really really dark gray and black. Which I'm like, okay, we've seen this a million times. But again, I'm 
completely withhold judgment until I finally see exactly where uh, this all plays out and how it looks on the big screen. Because as we've seen, everything always looks much better with those you know million dollar cameras that they're shooting with than again someone shooting with an iPhone from forty yards forty yards away. But I like it. There's nothing. I had, I had no issues with it. Uh, it like I said, the the darts, uh, the, the the gauntlets were a little interesting. I like that little twist. Um, the, the the utility belt is there. Bat symbol is there. Kyle, I thought the Kyle was great. I thought um, I did enjoy that. I noticed that his eyes were covered. That gives me some hope that maybe we will finally get white eyes. That that will be CGI'd. I can't. Obviously, we don't know for sure. But that's been one. You know, that's Kendall. That's been my biggest like. <laughs> biggest pet peeve about all the Batman suits yeah. is none of them has just given me white eyes. Like it's so simple, and I don't know why no one wants to do it. But that's been, and and it was crazy was when they first did the 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 first BVS um, set photo or any like you know theatrical photo of Batman. They actually included the white eyes, and you remember I went crazy because I was like, oh my god, this is the best suit ever. It's done. It was already great, but now they gave him the white eyes. Like this is this is Batman, and in the movie he went back to seeing his people. So I'm like, oh my god, why don't they just go? It's so easy now with CGI to make that look good. Why don't they just do it? And I'm hopeful. You mean like almost like Spider Man almost? Right. I mean, look at any picture of Batman in any comic book or any cartoon. Yeah, he always has. It's it's something that's so small. A lot of people don't think about it, but like he always has white eyes. Always. I mean. I, I can't think of a time where he was been drawn that he didn't have white eyes, completely white, not seeing his uh, his peoples or anything like that. Like, and what was crazy was, you know, Batwoman keeps showing that like that um that picture or that you know in the commercials for Batwoman on CW. I know because I binged a bunch of episodes of Supergirl, so they kept showing commercials for Batwoman. In the promo, they always showed that shot when she knocks out Alice and like when that like night vision scene where she has the white eyes and you know she looks like the batwoman from the comic books completely now and and that's a really cool scene it's, it's a great shot and they keep using it i'm like yeah they keep using it because it looks really good and i don't know why the movies that have the money to just give the batman white eyes for the entire movie why they keep i guess still the, i guess the question would be like why like not only why but like like practically why would he want white eyes it's just like they did in the batwoman so you can see better yeah. I think. Yeah, like vision thing. Yeah, exactly. Like they never, that they've never happen. really like they they never really explained why he sees so well in the night. Like that's a, an easy explanation. Like I don't know. Like there are some scenes in some of these movies where he does use like night vision. Like of course the Dark Knight famous scene where he has a sonar. But like, which I guess isn't technically seeing. But you know what I'm saying. Like they they, they haven't really done much. Like he lives in the night. He he he's able to. He's unstoppable. Nobody else can see. He can see everything. Why is he so good? Yes, part of it is his training, obviously, but some of it should also be he has. He clearly ha- does have a tactical advantage with his equipment. I don't get it. I, I to me, I think in 2020 we've had like I don't even want to count how many Batman moves we've had, and the idea we haven't had any white eyes at all is crazy. And I'm hopeful because this Batman in his uh in his suit. You know, they, they covered his eyes, which didn't make any sense. I didn't know why his eyes were covered. The only thing I can think of was maybe, like, it's because, like, that part would be CGI'd to show something that maybe we haven't seen before. Because otherwise, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. You're not going to CGI. I don't think you can CGI Pattinson's face to make it look more like him in the eyes. Like, I don't think that that would 
I don't think that that's what they would do, but again, I don't know CGI well. Uh, I don't know. That's just my that's my spiel on it. But I, I but for the suit overall, I'm fine with it. I want to see it in full, in a full full shoot, full picture. I don't want to see iPhone pictures. I don't want to see you no know, red red filtered videos. I want to see a full Batman suit, cowl, boots, cape, it all before I make a full judgment on it. Let's uh let's let's talk back uh go back to talking about Marvel. Let's talk about the Disney Plus stuff. So I don't, I'm sure Hasbro had permission to do this. Don't surprise Hasbro was the one that came out with this. But Hasbro actually revealed when we will be seeing some of the big uh uh Disney Plus movies that we've been waiting to see all these all this time. So uh Hawkeye and Miss Marvel, according to Hasbro's latest investor presentation, will indeed be coming out in 2021 so that would mean the disney plus slate in fact they had the slate there so it wasn't even it's not this is marvel slate that they guess gave to hasbro uh it will include for our disney plus loki what if miss marvel and hawkeye so we have we know we had the fucking winter soldier and wandavision for 2020 and then we have four shows for next year three of them well we don't know where loki takes place but Four shows overall in Disney Plus. Three of them that are, I guess, canon. The What If isn't, I guess, technically canon. Kendall, are you surprised that Hawkeye and Miss Marvel will be in 2021? Um, obviously, these things are very fluid. Mm-hmm. These things are always subject to change, especially when Disney didn't officially announce it. That's true, too. But... You know, so I mean, they could they could switch it up on them on a dime if they really wanted to. But uh, as of right now, I would say that's probably where where they projected those things to 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 come out. Um, when you think about look, the twenty twenty one calendar is gonna be it's gonna be so filled with stuff. Marvel, DC. I mean, um, just the Marvel slate is really read. is really intimidating. I mean, twenty twenty one, you got Shang Chi. Doctor Strange, Spider Man, Thor, Loki, What If, Miss Marvel, and Hawkeye. There you go. Four movies if you're counting Sony Sony's Spider Man movie, and four shows. And another and another Sony Spider Man movie. Yes, and then which we that, know, which is interesting to note, Kendall, in this slate from Hasbro is not part of their slate. Right. Which. Isn't shocking, but it's just important to know because we keep asking what is the connection to these other Sony movies to the MCU. This is actually the first time I've seen Marvel, anything related to Marvel, recognize Spider-Man in its slate. So, again, this is Hasbro. It's not Disney, so that all needs to be clear when we say that. But the fact that they included Spider-Man, but they they didn't include Venom or anything. Well, the Spider-Man movie, it says Spider-Man Untitled. Right. I mean, I guess... That's it. That movie that, that technically is untitled. Because that's kind of like... I mean, we know that that's coming out. You know what I mean? Like... the I guess the question would be like... Like, we know that that's Spider-Man 3, but like... Would it be like a spoiler to say what it is? You know what I mean? Like, they may, they may not know, but they may know. That's fair. they can't say... You know, because it's like, I mean... 
no, they haven't really, they haven't even been reported yet. You know? That is true. They say, oh yeah, you know, Mysterios. <laughs> you know, Sony can be what the hell. <laughs> you yeah, know, that's But, um, yeah, nah. I, I, I feel like, I look, this, this seems to be the on the right track. You know, I think, uh, it does seem a little bit early for for maybe Hawkeye, but. Hawkeye was announced at Comic Con as one of the first things that we knew about it being in development. So it's not that shocking. It's just kind of like we don't have a Kate Bishop yet. So it's like we gotta we gotta really hit the ball rolling soon. You know, they I mean obviously we know they still want Haley Steinfeld, but that hasn't been hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, clearly, the Jeremy Renner stuff didn't hasn't hasn't dissuaded them from doing that. Um, I'm excited for What If, man. You know, I've I've even heard some people, not really speculating, but kind of just oh, I wouldn't say yeah, but they maybe people speculating or throwing out the idea that they could even make what if kind of like the the Black Mirror uh, interactive show that Netflix had, where like it takes you into different things and you can kind of tell the story the way you the way you want it to happen. But um, yeah, no, I think they could do a lot of cool stuff with what if down the line, but. Um, it's just interesting that I think the most interesting part of that to me is that we, I mean, maybe we've known this, but it's still interesting that uh, Miss Marvel's going to be the first one out of them, She Hulk and Moon Knight. And is that because Captain Marvel is going to be directly tied to Miss Marvel? Whereas Moon Knight, She Hulk probably won't be directly tied to anything coming out in 2022 besides maybe an Avengers movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that is a good segue to She-Hulk, though, because uh, apparently Allison Brie is being targeted to play She-Hulk. When I tweeted this, Kendall, when I first saw it, I think if they got Allison Brie, this would be pretty much a home run. Um, to me, she automatically becomes my, my top choice for this role. I think that we've seen her take the physical role in Glow. We've seen her take the comedic, snarky side, um, not only in Glow, but also, obviously, with um, Community and a lot of the work she's done. When I think of the character Jennifer Waters and someone told me Alison Brie, or I read the article saying Alison Brie, and I was like, that is right, it right there. Like, that's pretty much who I could imagine being in that role. Now, I'm not saying that that means that they shouldn't uh, turn themselves off to anyone, or turn themselves off to anyone else, but her being among the type, and apparently, again, they're talking about an Allison Brie type. That would make a lot of sense. Now, she's, we talked about this role and who it could be, and I wouldn't necessarily say she's the, you know, Amazon-looking or really, really big, powerful woman-looking type character that maybe we've been asking for, we've suggested we may need for this role. But I, like I told you, I don't think that Marvel's really going to be looking for that. But I think that she's uh, absolutely, absolutely uh, a great choice for this for this uh, role if they go that route. Um, I'm I, I'd be more wait and see. You know, I I think definitely we talk about the, you know, the physical attributes. She's definitely smaller than anybody we kind of really mentioned. Um, whether or not that plays a role or not. Uh, yeah, she's five three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's three. You know, I mean, that's. I mean, look, Tom Cruise is like five five, and you know, right, we'll never exactly. really 
you never really know. <laughs> you can you can fudge angles to make it look a certain way, but um, yeah, you know. So that that that's the that's I wouldn't say it's an issue, but that that's the that's the one concern. Um, again, like you said, that may have nothing to do with this character. You know, like they may not care. It may be a, I mean, they could do it like CG if you want, and just make her like the Hulk, really, if you really wanted to. But and they might. Uh, I mean, they might. They yeah, might. They might have, might. They might have the money. CG. Yeah. Where like, I mean, she's still going to be, you know, Allison Brie, but just much bigger and like, you know, obviously CG kind of, you know, animation to her. But, um, and if that's the case, like, you know, that could end up. Then, then none of this, then none of that matters. Then you go strictly to the, to the actress, and you know, obviously, like you said, she has, she has, you know, a comedic background, um, and that fits kind of the bill with a lot of the people we've we've mentioned that would be good fits. Um, her and Aubrey Plaza kind of been in a similar lane, um, in in uh, in television acting. Um, I, I'm still interested to see what kind of what what level of actress they're going for. Because again, you know, just like Al, just like Aubrey Plaza, Allison Brie, not a you know not a Hollywood A-lister. So you know, you kind of have to. But she, but she, is, but she one. is. But in terms, she may not be A-list in terms of name. Though her name is pretty big, I would say in terms of talent, you could argue. At least for television, right, you have to, you, you, it doesn't get much better. It's just someone who's been nominated yeah, for it. You just have to, to go lean into the. You'd have to lean into the fit, you know, and and then well, with Marvel and She Hulk, like you may not need an A lister. I mean, there are certain people like look, they would drive views. You know, it may like they may cost too much, or they may not be the right fit. But like you know, like Jennifer Lawrence and She Hulk would certainly give you a watch, but. You know, and again, I, I like I mentioned with Aubrey Plaza, like mm-hmm. I, I look at this beyond a television hire because right they they're talking about these characters transitioning into movies. Like I saw someone theorize, and I think Aubrey Plaza may have more crossover, a little bit more crossover. I mean, both can can cross over. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I see who. Is not is, is a no name. Right, exactly. He was cast as Shang Chi, so it's not you need a it's not like you need a, a household name. But um, if we're just talking about you know strictly getting people to go see, like I would I, I would say um, like I saw someone throw out uh, she uh, you know Aubrey Plaza as She Hulk and then like Shia LaBeouf as Moon Knight, and I thought about Shia LaBeouf as Moon Knight. And I'm like he's kind of the perfect guy of like. I could see him doing a television series on Disney Plus at this stage of his career, but he can also star in an Avengers movie, and people wouldn't blame. People wouldn't be like, "Who's that guy?" People would be like, "What?" Like, he's not too big, but he's not too. He's not like Daniel Radcliffe. Is he's a guy that he's a guy that can be a made man by a Marvel movie. Is what you're saying, basically? Like, like he's the kind of guy that he's a big enough star where he has credibility, but he could also then become a made man by being in a Marvel movie. Right, exactly. They, they they both offer each other value. Right, um, and that's 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 the ideal person that they, a Marvel would be looking at. Um, 
they, I guess the question is just like, it, what do they? What are they looking for in this role? It seems right now they're looking for acting chops more than they are looking for a Ronda Rousey. Because we looked Good. at Ronda Rousey when this was when this was first thrown out there. She was the she was the first person that came in everybody's mind. It was like, oh, I mean, she's trying to get into acting. She's obviously a very physical actress. Like it makes sense, but. I mean, we. I, she has very few, uh, very, very, a very small filmography. So, like, we really don't know her acting chops, and that is no Academy Awards on her list. But um, I don't know. You know, that that's still kind of to be determined. But if we are to believe this, then I think again, it certainly suggests they're 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 looking at acting chops primarily. And Stephanie Beatrice, who had become a favorite amongst fans on the internet had to come out and basically say that she couldn't do it because of her scheduling conflict with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which was also interesting because that made me think that, oh, they definitely reached out to her because <laughs> how yeah, would she know fine. when they were filming? And, you know, so the fact that that got, went on the internet, that was not by accident. I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel was pushing the that those rumors and pushing that talk because I, I totally believe that they have, like, bots on the internet that are, like, throwing names out there to see what people think. That's happening. So Beatrice had become a, a big name on the internet. You couldn't go really on the internet and look at AD She-Hulk. It didn't include her name being mentioned or I'd say over the past two weeks. And then it was very recently, maybe just a couple of days ago, where she said that she couldn't do it. Now, I don't know if she's working the audience. And maybe she eventually does become She-Hulk. I doubt it because I don't think that if she then became she I don't think it'd be that much of a surprise when she said she couldn't. But, um... But, I mean, that's interesting because Beatrice is similar to Brie, but they're, they're very different. Like, they're not the same. Like, uh, like, like they, I don't look at them. I don't mean, and you don't mention all your posits. I, I kind of disagree. I, I think that, yes, Plaza and Brie have, have been in similar shows, but I think that they're different actresses. Like, I don't argue Plaza is like, she's like a typecast almost. Where, like, like to me, Plaza would have made sense for, like, Jessica Jones, you know, like I like to me, like Brie is a little bit more of a chameleon and I definitely feel like she makes more sense for the Jennifer Walter slash Seafold than Plaza would. Um, but to me, Beatrice and Plaza are a lot more similar. So like, that's interesting. Like to me, if I, to me, if you told me you were going for someone like Plaza and then you wanted someone like Beatrice and it didn't work out and then you ended up with Brie, that would surprise me because I'm like, Yes, Bree's a chameleon. She could kind of do anything, but I would not have gone there if I had started with two Latina actresses who play a lot of, you know, dark, kind of like badass, tough, no nonsense, not afraid to speak their mind women. Not to say that Allison, well, Allison obviously can't be Latina, but not to say she can't do those roles, but it's just, it would be, it wouldn't be necessarily the first thing I think of. So I don't know. These, I mean, they said they were looking for, they were casting a wide net in that description we read a couple of weeks ago on this show. Everything I'm seeing from all the conversation is that seems to be true. Because every name I keep hearing, they're all entirely different people. I was shocked when I heard Bree come up because I just, the names I was hearing, she didn't really fall in line with that. So I was like, oh, wow, I think she'd be perfect. I think that if that's their number one person and they can snap her, I would do it. You can figure out the whole she's 5'3". And again, that might even be an issue if you're talking about 
using CGI. If if that's the case and she's just like Ruffalo's Hulk, then then it's then we don't even gotta talk about this. Now if she isn't, that's gonna take some, you know, creativity, but in terms of caliber of actress, in terms of television, it doesn't really get that much higher, in my opinion, than pre. It's probably another step above her, but then that's it. Then that then you're talking about the best actresses on television right now. Bree's excellent. So if they went with her, you buy the, that's a good role. What was that? Do you buy the the Red Hulk stuff with uh with with with, with She Hulk, Red Hulk being She Hulk? Um, I expect. So the rumor there's a rumors there's been rumors out there, reports out there that Red Hulk is happening. That's to me very clear. When it's happening is the key. Some people saying that there'll be Red Hulk and She Hulk. There's some people saying there'll be Red Hulk in Thunderbolts. It doesn't mean it can't be both. Yeah, and that's, either, and that's the fair. issue. It's like because I can't guarantee. Like I mean, you seem more confident than I am that we're getting Red Hulk. I I would guess we're getting Red oh, Hulk. Oh no, that's but like. But like right now, if you think about it, like we don't know if Thunderbolts is happening, and She Hulk. I mean, that's why I ask. How confident are you that, she, that he's going to be in She Hulk? Because I mean, he's not going to be in I mean, Ross is going to be in Black Widow and Falcon Winter Soldier. But, but as far as we know, there's nothing that's been announced with Thunderbolts. And then the only other place that he makes sense is, is She Hulk. So that's why I ask. Um, here's what I think will end up happening. Unless you're certain that we're getting Thunderbolts. Um, well, first of all, I think we are. I think I think we are. I mean, certain. Uh, that's, I think so as well. I think that it's more okay. likely than not Thunderbolts will happen either as a show or a movie. I think that Marvel, the only thing they haven't done, and they, they kind of did it with Guardians, but, you know, at the Guardians 3, who knows what their future holds. There will be a void for the misfit, kind of reformed heroes role to be played on the big screen. That's going to be open. Someone's got to do it. And... If it's not on the big screen, it could also be on television. But I think that if you're going to do that, the only other team that makes sense is the Thunderbolts right now. So having those you know, bad guys that you can root for that are actually good guys and working for us, I think that that's something they're going to be interested in they're going to want to pursue. Especially when you have someone um, um, who they've already introduced, like, like Thunderbolt Ross. Now that gives you some familiarity and some connection to what you've already established. And William Hurt's done a great job as Thunderbolt Ross and every time he's played him on the big screen. So I think that that's likely. Is it a She-Hulk? What I expect to happen is there'll be some kind of allusion to it, some kind of... I think in many ways She-Hulk may help us get to the Thunderbolts. Like maybe that's our um, first look at Red Hulk or maybe we see the Red Hulk you know, appear. We see Ross go under an experiment and that leads us into Thunderbolts. But the team, the seems to be. It was weird that in two days or one day almost, there were conflicting Red Hulk stories about when he was showing up, but that he was in fact on the way. And we've heard Red Hulk's name kind of be mentioned for. We there were rumors he might be in the last Avengers movie, Endgame. Like if you remember, we've we've talked about all this stuff. Oh, yeah. So there, with that smoke, with this fire. Clearly, I think Feige and the crew at Marvel, they are interested in including Red Hulk. And it would make sense because he's a new character that actually is an old character. Because, again, Ross has been in your movies. He's been in three Marvel movies already. Yeah, Red Hulk makes a lot of sense from from 
for a lot of reasons. Like yeah. just from a, from a, a marketing standpoint, you have a. I mean, he sells toys. Exactly. One that looks exactly like the Hulk, but he's red. But he's a villain. You know, you've had William. You've had uh, you know William Hurt in all these movies. Like he's been in it since nearly the beginning of the MCU. You keep reintroducing him. Like there's no reason for him to continue to bring back Thaddeus Ross unless they're going to do something with him. You know what I mean? Right. Like once they brought him back in Civil War, it's like, all right, what's up here? And now, like, <laughs> you know, we're getting him in all these movies. I'm like, all right, I, I don't need to see. I mean, why is he in Black Widow? Why is he in Captain America? Winter? I mean, why is he in Falcon Winter Soldier? Like. I mean, yes, you need some military guy, you need some government guy, but like it doesn't have to be Thunderbolt Ross, mm-hmm. which makes you think that they're just they're kind of reminding people of his character, so that when he becomes Red Hulk, it has way more weight to it. But uh, so that's why I think it's gonna happen. But like, there's just no definitive. I I agree. I think for me, I think it's more likely we see him in in Thunderbolts than we see him in She Hulk. I agree. Um, like. Because I think the Thunderbolts, I agree, I think that's going to happen. I'd put it at, you know, probably 60%. Um, and, you know, if the Thunderbolts happen, happen, if the Thunderbolts happens, then, I mean, look, we have Zemo, we've got, uh, I don't know if Ghost is still around. I guess Ghost is still around. Um, but now we got Taskmaster. Uh, who knows, like, who knows who else will, will be introduced in, in the next year or so when they decide to bring back leader. I don't know. Maybe leaders in shield. I don't know. It was funny. Cause I saw someone brought up like the fact that, you know, they casted Tim Blake Nelson as, as she Hulk. I mean, as she as leader in incredible Hulk. Like that would have been like such a, such an all time great casting <laughs> that they could retroactively continue to use <laughs> as right. canon. Yeah. But, uh, if they wanted to do leader, but, um, like they, there are there are ways in which they can do the Thunderbolts that makes plenty of sense, but you can't do the Thunderbolts without Thunderbolt Raw, so uh, it makes plenty of sense to make him Red Hulk. But uh, it also maybe makes sense to put him in She Hulk. I just wonder if do they really want to do the She Hulk versus Red Hulk thing? Like, is it kind of too repetitive, too like tongue in cheek? You know, it's like can we get yeah. it from the Hulk game in a Hulk show? Yeah, I know. In, I, a, non, I, in a non-Hulk. Yeah, I, I the mean, woman Hulk versus the villain, the evil Hulk. Right, and I have to, you know, I got to, I got to see exactly where, what, how the article phrases how he would be debut in a She-Hulk show. But the way I envision it is perhaps he's the very end of the show, or there's a tease to him. I don't think that the She-Hulk show was centered around Red Hulk. That I don't think it makes any sense. Like I don't know, like. They're not that related, other than that they both have a serum that turns them into, you know, the Hulk. And really, it's not even a serum for, uh, for, you know, it's a serum for for Ross, but for, you know, Jennifer, it's a blood transfusion. So, it's, I don't know why Ross would have beef with, I, I know why, but I just feel like it'd be forced. Like, I don't think that that's necessary. I can see him kind of on the, the outside, kind of being involved, and then therefore wanting to become his own Hulk, and then... He's the Red Hulk. Like, I can see that. But him in a matchup saying, well, now I got to stop this new She-Hulk. Like, he's doing cool with the regular Hulk for all this time. Why would he now all of a sudden he's starting beef with She-Hulk? Right. He's been, he hasn't had any beef with the regular Hulk, you know, 
Endgame happened, all that stuff happened, and there's been no beef with him and Hulk. Why we're, now we're starting a new one? I don't think that that's necessarily important for us to see. So I don't think we're going to see it. I think he'll be in the show. I think that he'll be involved. And I, what I expect to happen is this show will lead to him becoming the Red Hulk. But I don't think it'll have anything necessarily to do with the main focus of the story. Does a fight between She-Hulk and Hulk, Red Hulk happen? Maybe at the very, maybe in the season finale. Like that could happen. But I don't think that that's the center point of the show. That would surprise me, for sure. Um, I think we're at the point where we got to do these show recaps, Kendall. So let's uh let's let's get down to it. Let's let's do our, our first one. Um, let's talk about Batwoman. Oh man, yo, I, I this this is the show. This is this is the perfect example, Kendall, of why we need a soundboard. Because when we came up with the two two best. Or two Alice's, whatever you want to call it. Um, I truly, while as cockamamie and as ridiculous as it was, I was truly excited about the idea that we were moving on from Alice as a villain. And you don't understand, Kendall, how I felt when that sniper bullet takes out. Did you see it coming? No. I did not. And I, like that's the crazy thing. I should have seen I it coming. coming. I see. I saw it coming. I didn't see it coming until, like, I probably should have saw it coming when they had the whole thing of like shoot to kill Alice. You know, like shoot to kill. I should have been like, oh wow, well I know it's gonna happen. But I saw it coming when, like, Alice was like when when they got out free or whatever, and you know what's called was crying on, or you know Beth was free and what's called you know Kate was crying on Alice. I was like, man, I know how this is gonna end. And then I see, you know, I thought Sophie was gonna shoot her. I was gonna be like, yo, that's gonna be dark, man. That would have been that would have been what we got in Jessica Jones in season two, which I don't know how I really feel about that still. But you know, but like that's what I thought was gonna happen. I was gonna be like, man, like that's that's pretty uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting interesting storyline right there. But um, they didn't do that. But I, you know, they they telegraphed it when they did the whole. One of you has to die. One of you has to stay. And it was like, man, like, and then I saw it. I was like, it's going to be, oh, yeah, you know, you tried to sacrifice me. You were only killing me for but a fake Kendall, Alice. It's like, but while well, everything you're saying makes logical sense, it, that we've been, we've been going over that argument and that debate over Kate's morality for the entire season. The idea that, like, we're just going to add another layer to it that, at the end of the day, she really isn't out here to save her sister and for her sister. Like, it just seems yeah, it's, yeah, it's completely unnecessary. Problem. Like, we didn't need any... Like, I feel like I wasted my time with the new Beth. Like, I really did. I feel like yeah. that was a complete waste of time. It was a filler, and it added nothing. And I feel like it definitely That's added hard. nothing because in the next episode, they were onto vampires. And it was like, oh, nothing happened. And you just kept having these weird lines. Yeah, they of, kind of were chill about it. Though. And they kept having these yeah, weird lines. And as soon as, like, every time I kept thinking, wow, man, they really moved on from the fact that her sister just got murked. Every time there would be a line with Beth being, uh, with uh, Kate being like, don't think I'm not still worried about my sister and how she died. I'm just, it's like, it's a basic, perfect example of don't show me, tell me. Don't, sorry, don't, don't tell me, show me. And that's exactly what Batwoman was doing. It was, you came up with this ridiculous story that I was at least, I was, I was totally fine with. Because I thought it would be the end of Alice, a terrible villain. Then you keep Alice 
and kill off the new character you just brought into the fold. Okay, so now that was a waste of time. Only to just drive the hate between Alice and Kate stronger, I guess, to make the case. Because, you know, Mouse's whole issue is, oh, you still got feelings for Kate. You got to let it go. And I guess in his eyes, this is the way, I guess from that standpoint, that storytelling arc, this is them kind of moving forward in that direction. But, like, then the next episode, you're telling me how none of that really all mattered because we're on to vampires. And you're telling me Kate has to have these... Weird, out-of-place lines, but she has to keep mentioning, oh, by the way, my sister died the other day. Like, I I just, I I was, I don't know. I was really frustrated by these episodes. And to me, like, this show absolutely needed, um, and I was willing to go wherever they're going to go with Alice, because they were where they they were. But as soon as they introduced the new Beth, I was fully on board with, okay, maybe this will be a step towards a new villain. Especially when you reveal that the other dude... It's still alive, you know. Yeah, like the guy who Dollmaker. Doll I think he's gonna be Dollmaker. Like, okay, like, oh great, Dollmaker's here. So now he can kind of take the place Valis, who kind of has been a weak villain anyway. It really doesn't make sense as a full season villain. We've already gotten past the point of no return in regards to an Allison redemption story. She's already killed, you know, Kate's stepmom. You know, like I mean, like at this point, that part of it is over. This is the perfect time to kill this character off. Even if it is in a weird cockamamie way. And they just pull out the rug from under underneath me. And I'm like, these are your first episodes after Crisis. And, like, you could have done something really big. And this is what you pull off? I, I was disappointed. I gotta be honest. Uh, Alright, so initially I, I, th- I, was, I was on board with the new Alice thing. I was like, okay. Like, you know, we were worried they were going to do nothing post-Crisis. That was going to have an impact. And that's kind of major. Like, you know, you bring in a new Alice. I probably should have saw it coming. I keep calling her Alice, Beth. The new Beth. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm really. talking about. But, <laughs> um, but like, I, so I, I, thought that that was, I thought that was an interesting twist. But I agree. They completely pulled the rug out, of, out from under them. Like, you can't kill off the new Beth. Like, you can do, you can, you can nix, like, killing off the old Beth. Or the 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 you can Nick's killing off Alice if you want, but when you when you kill off the old Beth or the the new Beth, now you're you're just saying we're going right back to start, you know, like like it's a board game, you know, like all right, now Alice hates Kate again and she has a vendetta against her again and you know like what the show hasn't evolved, you know, like I don't want to see them go back to start like that, so. Um, I I admit it will be interesting to see what the the impact of this dollmaker dude has on the dynamics of the of the rest of the season. I did not expect him to come back. I probably should have, but uh, I kind of just believed the story. I, I well, to be fair, I really wasn't thinking that hard about it. We really no, didn't. We really didn't know what the story was. Yeah, I kind of just assumed he was gone, and kind of just didn't think much about it. Um. But you know, I'm sure if you press me on it, I would say, yeah, it'll probably show up later and later in the series. You know, I, I wouldn't have guessed in, in a couple episodes, but um, yeah, no, I mean, look, I think <laughs> one thing he's bugging me. This is a, this is a sports talk reference. One thing he's bugging me out about this show is that uh, Luke Fox <laughs> looks like De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> he's bugging me out, uh, <laughs> especially since De'Aaron Fox wears glasses. But so. man, like, but and his last name's Fox. <laughs> but, 
That's that's true. But no, the the reason why I said that we needed I need a soundboard for this show from watching this because um, as soon as the fake Beth got shot, you, I was literally Stephen A. Smith. I was like, no, 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 hell no! Like that's that's how I felt. I was sitting on my couch and like I was so ready for this to move on, Alice to be gone, Beth to move in, and it's, I I was, I could not believe they did that. And for such a to keep such a weak character, it just like I don't I don't I didn't get it. And like, did the new Beth really make sense in the long run? Like, no, she wasn't really needed. She had Luke. She had um, the other girl, her stepsister, who was you know she's a little more materialistic and whatever. But she's a good person. She has Alex, She has uh, Kate's best interests at heart. So you didn't need another person like that. But. Alice is so bad. I, like, if this was my out, I was totally fine with it. Especially if it meant us transitioning to a new villain, which they're doing anyway. That's why I don't understand it. Because we know how the story is going to end, Kendall. It's going to end with Alice and Kate teaming up to stop Dollmaker. Why do we need to? Why yeah. did we need what would just happen? Like, what was the point of that? To, look, dri- guess, to drive them away to then I bring mean, them look. together? They, they've already. Alice has been killing people all over Gotham City. Like. How more separate do you need them to be? Like we we need this series can't couldn't have ended with Alice dying. I don't think it's series, but this 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 episode bad episode couldn't have ended with Alice dying because that's just that's poor that's 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 poor symbolism and like it kind of represents a major failure on Kate. And like, I mean, it's still a failure, but like, obviously, like she ends if she's still around and she ends off like just dying like that. It's kind of like, man, I disagree, Kendall, because I feel like I feel like Kate. I feel like we were done with Alice. I, I, I gotta be honest. I, I get what you're saying. Like, yes, from a whole. There season, needs to be some redemption. You know what I mean? I don't know if there needs to be. I feel like they already yeah, had okay. painted a certain picture with Alice, and Kate had got her redemption by knowing that she. In that other Beth's world, she saved her. And then Beth was in a similar situation where she was in a car that was doomed to kill her. And Beth saved her as an adult. So we got those redemption moments from Kate that keeps holding her up until her failure to save her as a... a, Save the Alice. So my thing was, all right, well, we're over that now. She's Not only do we know that in her heart of hearts she's a hero and that she would have saved her sister if she had the chance. Then she got to actually do it. So now, why? What is Alice's existence for? I, I don't need it anymore. So when they were moving, motioning towards we may kill her off, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You're giving Kate all the redemption moments she needs. Now she saves Alice on, in some, you know, flying car or some, you know, crashing car or some something like that. It's not going to mean as much because we've already seen her go through that phase. She had her struggle understanding that the other Kate." That, you know, this Beth knew saved her. But knowing that, that that she does have it in her to save someone in those in those, in those those situations. And then her to be in that situation and then to actually do it. Those were the moments I needed to say, all right, well, any other things holding up with Alice we can move on from. Because Alice is showing she doesn't care. She's willing to kill people. She's going to do whatever. So there's no redemption on that side. Kate has gotten her redemption. So, look, is, is it bad that you introduces a character from, you know, episode one? And you fail to really make her any make any great use of her? Yes. 
But guess what? Sometimes characters suck. And, they, and sometimes you got to audible. So I would have been fine if they decided that, oh, okay, Alice was just like the introduction, but we wanted to get to a bigger Batman villain. Which they're, again, I repeat, they're still doing. It's, gonna, it's just going to lead to a team up between two people that have no business teaming up and that no one is interested in seeing. I, and that's why I think that this was a bad idea. Like I said, I just think it's 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 about the redemption story. You know, like you need you need to have the closure of and look, maybe Alice still ends up dying. That still could end up very likely being the situation, like we saw. Because some characters are unredeemable. You know, I won't spoil Star Wars, but you know, like, you know, Darth Vader. You know, like you know, like sometimes that needs to be the situation. But um, I like I, but I just feel like for Kate. The, all the stuff with the new Beth was symbolic and, you know, had, had you know, had good themes. But at the end of the day, there's still, still, the, there's still the, 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 the weight of what happened when she was a kid and how Beth is still out there and she's messed up. And, and like, she, and she's fixable, you know, or maybe she's fixable, maybe she's not, I don't know, but, like, you know, it, it would have just been a kind of a lame way to end if, like, yeah, you know, I just chose the the new Beth over you, and I just gave up on you again. That's kind of, I just, I just, I don't know. I just think that's that's not heroic. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of like, I mean, maybe it's probably the practical thing to do and the smart thing to do, but like from a just like a superhero, you know, I want to say machismo, but a superhero kind of, you know, you're you're your your stereotypical superhero like they they find the they find the way to to figure it out you know what i mean and that would have been kind of taking an easier way out that i don't know if that's what brillanti the story brillanti's trying to tell with this um i just feel like at a certain point i don't know i just feel like i'm not saying you're wrong but at the end of the day you know batman begins batman decided not to save rachel Ghul, and it was a controversial decision but like they're also i think no, there's that. There's even Old Yeller. I'm not trying to compare, obviously, Alice to a dog. But, like, there is something to be told about you extending your hand, trying to get someone to change their ways or to see who they used to be. And then, unfortunately, that person being so damaged that they're, they're, they are unredeemable and then had to make a difficult decision. I thought it was a very powerful scene to have Beth there, or excuse me, Kate there, acting as if she was going to save Alice in the movie when she didn't intend to. Um, that to me was like, wow, that's a tough decision. She had to make a decision, but that's a tough decision to make. And it's, uh, and that's, it's dark, but like that happens sometimes. And that's real. Like to me, I mean, we can get into super, superhuman, superhero, you know, traits, but I would argue maybe the superhero trope that like that person, they still have to be found a way to be saved somehow. Sometimes people are unsavable and, I think that Batwoman gave themselves a clear out, and instead they wasted my time. My thing is, if you don't want to kill Alice, then just continue the story. What was the point of all of those, what, of what we went through at all? I don't, I don't really get it. I don't know what we learned from it, other than Kate finally got a chance to save her sister, which I'm, I guarantee you, I'm guaranteeing you, Kendall, she's going to do it again. There's going to be a point where she's going to have to save Alice, and she's going to do it. And it's going to be like, what was the point of having that big scene where she saves Beth? If, if this was going to happen 10 episodes from now. It doesn't... The only thing that's left is for Alice to do something heroic. Which, again, 
at this point, I'm just done with her. Like, we've seen her kill a lot of people. We've seen her kill, you know, Kate's stepmom. I mean, at a certain point, like, you gotta be all right. Well, this person is just, they, they're too damaged and they're off their rocker. And uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I totally agree that in a vacuum, if they killed off Alice after just 13 or 14 episodes, yeah, that's not ideal. I agree. But with how limited and how uninteresting the Alice character is, I would have been fine if they moved on. That's me. But um, I don't know. I don't know whether the show is really going to be going from here. It seems like they're moving towards a Batwoman and uh, relationship with Kate's ex, which I'm not really all that excited about either. I don't know. Do you, oh, yeah. It's Sophia. like... I could be crazy. I probably am crazy for even suggesting this. I feel like if my girlfriend was a superhero and I made out with her like in a costume, I feel like I would know it was her. Am I crazy to suggest that? That that might be a little... Or or is that... You think that... No. Like, that's not possible. Uh... Like, to me, like, if I got that... I mean, and we and like we don't know how intimate it ended up getting with those two. But my thing right, is, that like, was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. They hadn't been in a relationship in a while, I guess. But I don't know. Right, I, it was a long time. I did watch the scene. I was just like, like, I, was, like I, was, I was like, she really don't know this is Kate. Like, I, I mean, I agree. On some level, it's kind of strange. But I mean, look, she's wearing a mask and a get up and yeah. Like, uh, like, and and there's always it's, it, yeah. it's not like a Supergirl deal where it's like she's. Did like that's just the same person, you know? Like, she's wearing kind of an elaborate getup. So I, you gotta, you gotta catch me up to something it's because, still... right? You gotta catch me up to something because I, I think I might skip. I probably skipped a very important episode because I don't think I watched the episode maybe before Crisis or something. I forgot what happened. But why is Homeboy gone? Where is Sophia's husband? Like he he kept saying that he left me. Wasn't there? Was like I feel like that was a while ago, right? I don't know. If was it a while ago? Right. I know we haven't talked about this show in a long I, time. I, I forget. But I, I didn't he like didn't he say like because she wasn't all in or something? He was like I'm out or something like that. What 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 wasn't she all in for? That's what I didn't get. That was the part that I didn't understand. And. I just, the only reason why I'm bringing him up is because I do I do feel like it's like crazy that like we've just moved on from him really quickly. Like he's not even in the show. He's not. I haven't seen him in one episode since. We he, thought he was gonna get iced. I don't think he's been iced yet. No, he hasn't been killed. Like because Sophie's saying, "Oh, my husband left me." Like you know, like our my our relationship has, uh, you know, has blown up. And yeah, we haven't seen him since. Tyler is his name. Yeah, I'm not sure. All it says here on this uh, Wikipedia page, and I do think this was the episode I did not, I did skip, but it said, "Tired of doubting." Tyler asked Sophie to decide whether she loves him or Kate. It doesn't give me an answer of what she said. It just says, "As Kate visits Jacob." I'm I don't like, think she said anything. Remember? So then he just bounced. I think we reviewed that episode, but. Maybe I wasn't on that. Episode. Maybe I wasn't on that show. Maybe I wasn't on that show. Away. Pretty sure he walked away, and that was kind of it. Mm. I guess we haven't seen him since. Uh, we have not seen. But doesn't he free. work? Doesn't he work there though? That's what I'm trying to say. How do we not see yeah. him at all? Oh, yeah. 
He's a crow. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, something. I don't know. Something about that is something like, must have happened that I don't that we miss or something. I gotta figure. I gotta figure that out a little bit. Sometimes these things go over. Right? Uh, were you? Did you at all dig Nocturna <laughs> as a villain? Uh, that was kind of lame. Batman, classic Batman villain. But yeah, yeah, was, yeah that was that was whack. I I agree. And I, I just thought that it really was. I just did not expect that episode. I kept seeing stuff online about vampires, and like I'm watching this very dramatic situation play out. I'm like, I can't believe the next episode is about vampires. Like, I was like, how could you possibly move on from? No matter what was going to happen, a sister was going to die, and I'm just like, I just feel like there's going to be a lot. There should be a lot more. We're not going to go freak of the week after something so heavy, but they did. And what was crazy was the episode started with like. Uh, uh, um, a scene like it wasn't even a scene from Kate. It was a scene from Nocturna. We didn't even get a memorial. We didn't get a funeral or a burial. We didn't get. We didn't go back to the crime scene and see what happened. Did they try to take her to the hospital or anything? Like it was very abrupt. I don't know. I, I, as you guys can hear, I have. I, I've been patient with Batwoman, um, but these episodes, I wasn't that crazy about. Mostly because I guess of the the pull was. I was involved and I was fine with them up until they decided to say, no, we're going to keep Allison. I'm just like, well, then I feel like I wasted my time with the new, uh, with the new Beth. But anyway, um, let's talk about Supergirl. So Supergirl, we got Wynn back. That was really cool. Um, I love Wynn's character. It kind of like, it made, it reminded me like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. This guy was really, um, a really solid part of the show and, and I miss him. Uh, he was in the episodes uh, Back from the Future, in which we kind of see, for one, we kind of see how life, well, we've seen since how life has changed uh, since Crisis. And these episodes were in relation to um, a doppelganger, Winshot, who was actually under the alias of Toy Man, being brought in by Lex Luthor to basically, uh, you know, start havoc and through that we see also this new brainy and his uh, alliance with alex under the guise of him feeling like helping lex is the only way they can save uh save the world i i gotta say i i, I like these episodes I, I like the win episodes and i i actually really did like the uh mr mixiplex episode too um that was I, the- yeah i, I like i like both they they were those were I, and I I saw Mister I saw Mister Spicklet last at the end of the the two parter and I rolled my eyes I was like man this, we're going to another stupid episode and that episode was actually really good yeah I think I um yeah, I don't want to go messaging. crazy but based on how these seasons work out we don't know uh, Jenny potential I'm not gonna say. Definite, but I think it may, may be on a watch list. I thought that that episode was extremely strong. Um, that episode, of course, went through all the different scenarios of what would happen if, you know, you know, uh, if Supergirl had told Lena earlier about her identity. And I, I actually thought they, they played it smart. I know, I know some people may argue, oh, but nothing, they didn't actually change any of the continuity, but I was actually happy they didn't because... At this point, you're already this deep into it. As much as 
I don't. It's kind of the opposite of the Al situation where we're here. I also hate the Lena Cara beef that's been happening, but like I wouldn't want it to be deaded on something like this, like ridiculous. But it, it, this was to me just a really great like piece of art. It was what just if? like yeah, great what if episode and um, using Mister Mixer because was a great idea. We always. Especially since we've always looked at this, those characters in this show as like, yeah, like this is like, this whole Lena thing is really stupid. That's been a, it's been a, it's been a critique, and yeah. we kind of looked at certain moments and certain things and been like, man, like why does he even have to act? You know what I mean? But like this is this episode is really trying to tell the audience, probably telling themselves and telling the, the detractors, like this is why this needs to happen. And so it it would have happened like this regardless of. And of course, this is the writers making that decision. Sure, they could have wrote things however they wanted to. Mm-hmm. But this is them saying that thematically, it only made sense for it to end this way. Yeah, which I I thought was an interesting way of telling the story. You know, I thought I you know I digged uh, Sam Whitworth coming back as Liberty. Um, you know, them going back to uh a lot of the a lot of the, the throwback stuff, rain. Like I thought that was cool. Yeah, I mean we got so much rain and um and I really do uh I I, I really enjoyed Rain. I think Rain still has been the best villain so far. And we got to see Monel, which is really cool. Yes. You know, um shout out to uh to to those two uh actors because they came back and Chris, Chris Wood, Wood and, and Audit Annabelle came back and, and, and did a great job. Supergirl, I think, is on a, a decent trajectory. You know, I, I they are still trying to find their footing amongst the new the new world. Um, I know you haven't watched Flash. I actually think that Flash has probably done the best job of at least finding its footing. I'm not sure if we like where it's going, but they at least seem to have a solid place of where they are now that the universe is the way it is. Supergirl probably has the most drastic change with Lex being like the all powerful guy that he is and him waging a war with Leviathan. Like that's a that is a major shakeup because he wasn't in the picture before and now he's in there and he's a, he's the center of it. So I, I do feel like they're kind of still trying to figure it out with these episodes, but uh I I I I like them. I I don't know how I feel about Brainy though. I just I kind of feel like we went over I this. like the Brainy I, the only reason why I'm kind of like pausing on how I feel about it is because I do feel like we've kind of gone over this with Brainy before, like him, you know, embracing this, you know, other side of him and him becoming more computer, less compassionate. Like, and part of me, I guess, the reason why I'm not really sure if I'm buying this version of the story is because they seem to be kind of contradicting and going back on their pledge to move forward with Brainy in this light. Like, the Brainy we got to see when he makes that transition and he dumps um, uh, Mia is very... Yeah, yeah. It's very dark. It's very like, wow, okay, this is it. And ever since, once he he gets in line with Luthor, at first he seems all right, he's totally in it, and it's like, wow, this is like what we would see if it was kind of like a... This is like a Brainiac Luthor, you know, team-up, like, you know, but light. And that's obviously cool. Anybody who likes Superman. But as soon as Luthor starts to do Luthor stuff, all of a sudden, Brainy is not cool with it. He's like, oh, man, now I'm having second thoughts. And I don't know if this is how we should do it. And, oh, why are you telling me to do this? Like, and yeah, he still goes through a lot of it, but he's a lot more reluctant. Like, to me, if you're going to make Brainy 
just go all full tilt into being only about the perfect outcome for the world, then let him be that. I don't know if I need him to be the like the comp, the moral compass kind of weighing back and forth whether or not he needs to help Luthor or should he just ignore him and, and help his friends. I, I, I don't know. I don't find that tug of war to be all that interesting. I thought it was more interesting if he went one way or the other. If he's with the... If he's with the group, that's fine. He's a great part of the group. He, I love his chemistry with everybody on the cast. So let him do that. If you're going to say, no, we're going to separate him. He's going to be working with Luthor. And he's only caring about the outcome. Great. Let's see that bringing. We haven't, we've seen a little bit of it. But now, if you're going to give me a whole half season of it, all right, let's see how this works. And it will be a great challenge for the actor. To kind of play this kind of middle game, I feel like it's, again, I feel like it's kind of contradicting what they were telling me we were going to get. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I like the brainy stuff because, like, you know, it's definitely, again, obviously the look into, like, him being, like, an actual, the actual Brainiac character. Um, I think we're getting to a point where I think he eventually will be a villain for this show, and that's going to be really gonna be pretty tough. But, yeah, I think so. I don't think uh, it may not be this season. Maybe, you know, and maybe it's not even him. Maybe it's just the actual Brainiac, but uh, That's I, I, I think they are, they will they will do the Brainiac thing at some point. Um, I agree I with know. that, though. I, yeah, yeah, you know, and it may be a thing where maybe he's he's a villain for part of it, or you know, an episode or two. But like, um, yeah, I, and that's something that they haven't touched yet. You know, they've touched almost everything in the Superman lore except for that. So. Uh, I think that that has a lot of upside. I, the only thing I guess I'm kind of like leery on is I guess he feels like he needs to help Luthor. Luthor is the best ally for him to work with to protect everybody or whatever. But I, it's still kind of like, still kind of strange because you you would think he would be smart enough to know that Luthor is like a comment. But and I guess that's kind of the that's kind of the uh, the implication. Like that's what the show wants you to to realize that like. You know, <laughs> smart as he is, he doesn't. He, he can't sense that he's being conned. But well, his idea. Well, um, the, well the, the thing is, the the other brainiacs they all agreed that he had to work with Luthor in order to defeat Leviathan, and that Leviathan would be obviously the the overall threat. So I think he knows he's being conned, but. He's just playing the numbers. He's like, I know this guy is doing... But to me, like, I guess initially when he approached Luthor and helping him, it just seemed like he was more like, all right, man, whatever you're down with, I'm down with. Because this is the this is the, the equation that makes sense and is going to help us defeat Leviathan no matter what and will protect my friends. And again, like, if you're going to be that cold-hearted, just about the facts, just about the numbers guy, you can't be like squirmish when Luthor, you know pull some Luthor stuff. And it seems like at the very sight of Luthor doing anything, he's all of a sudden now... It's like he's the other brainy, but just with lack of personality. And I'm like, I don't need to see that. Just be Brainiac. You get me? Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, you know, I think the... Uh, I, 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 I'm I, still... I'm still... It's still a little strange to see, like, when back and... Like how how much of a role do you think he's gonna play going forward? I mean he he left the last episode before 
the 100th one. Now, from what I remember, I feel like his contract, whatever his situation was, was supposed to bring him back kind of for, like, he was supposed to be almost like a recurring character for the rest of the season, if I'm not mistaken, when I remember the reporting about him signing on to come back to Supergirl this season. So I expect him to be back. It might not be immediately, but um, but he'll probably be back. And wouldn't it surprise me if Monel comes back also? And the Legion of Superheroes end up coming, especially if Brainy becomes more problematic. And maybe that we're getting to that point. Like maybe he, he's having trouble now, but eventually he will, you know, be more in line with Luthor. And maybe it'll take the Legion to help him remember him, remember who he is. But I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I think also Wynn's presence worked well because we didn't have Brainy. Like Brainy was a different person. So. Remember, Brainy replaced Win. We didn't have that like comedic relief science tech guy on the team anymore. <laughs> right now, we have a tech guy who's working with the villain who has no personality. He serves a purpose. It's not like he's not useful, but he doesn't serve the purpose he previously did. So now we have nobody. We have a bunch of really serious characters and no comedic relief really at all. So Win was a. Per- that's why he worked so well in those episodes because like that's the exact guy we needed. To kind of balance everything because we don't have that anymore with Brainy. We haven't really even like Mia wasn't even in the other two episodes. She came back in It's a Super Life, but she wasn't in the other two or three um, before really. So, like, I, I think Wynn's presence works, and I, I thought that it was it was, um, and I did like you know seeing him have that moment with his dad too. Like, uh, I thought yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I thought, you know, having the other win become Toy Man and just fall right in line with that, that you know, moniker. Yeah. And then and then seeing how, like, how this win turned out to be so different and how that was a challenge for him and having to trust his father in this one instance. I thought that was a good scene. I thought it was a good episode, that episode. Uh, the It was a two-parter again. And then I thought that the fact that he took on the name Toy Man as his new name, I thought was also really cool. It was a really full circle moment for a character that we've, you know, we've seen for a really long time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I was waiting, kind of waiting for him to become Toy Man. So I'm glad that they, they went that route, but it wasn't evil. Yeah. Um, it was believable because it wouldn't have been believable. Yeah. They, and the thing is they gave us an evil win Toy Man. Like he was in right. the episode. So yeah. He was a doppelganger. that that got to be, yeah. Yeah, so like seeing that and like and like I thought that, you know, shout out to the actor that plays Win. I thought he also did a great job of playing both sides. Like I thought that he, he was obviously, you know, he's great at playing his own the character he normally plays. But when it came to also playing Toy Man, I thought he was also fantastic. Yeah, I guess now the question is just going to be Jordan Jordan Jeremy Jordan, by the way, is the name. <laughs> yeah, I guess now the question is just gonna be like as good as Supergirl has been the last three episodes, mm-hmm. can they, like, th- that last one, especially the Mr. and Mrs. Spitwick episode, it, it, that's kind of a, that's kind of a gimme. It's not easy, but, like, you know, had nothing really to do with the, the future of the series. So yeah, like, anytime Mr. Mixy, Mixy comes, shows up, like, it's always filler. Like, he's never in, like, and that's in comic books, in any cartoon, like, he's never gonna be, like, the center of, like, some major groundbreaking Superman or Supergirl story is going to change the landscape of those characters. Like he's always going to be kind of one-off filler, but fun. 
So you're right. Like they're gonna have to now transition from that fun episode that they did. It wasn't all fun. It was really dark actually. But you know, to that, now like yeah, figuring out to where figuring the where story the story ends. You know, because even the win episodes were kind of random. You know, so like yeah, we're now gonna have to really get to like the the meat of like the Lex and the Lena stuff and Leviathan. Yeah, I think it is a little alarming that we don't know nearly that much about Leviathan even at this point. And so far, I would argue they've shown to be kind of like chumps. Like the one time they really made their presence felt, uh, Rama Khan got his behind kicked. <laughs> like the one time they really decided, okay, yeah. we're going to flex our muscles and show what we can do. It didn't end well at all. So, you know, we see less kind of working with, you know, the blonde hair woman who's taken over from Rama Khan as the head of Leviathan and, um, and, you know, her kind of, uh, squeezing, um, uh, Alejandra, what's her name? Alexandra or Alejandra, whatever her name is. Uh, right. Yeah. Ro- yeah I'm Ro- Ro- Miss Rojas. Alexander. I can't, I can't remember her name, but Miss Rojas. Um, yeah. Alexandra Ro- Yes. So we see her kind of squeezing, squeezing her a little bit to say, Hey, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta work with Luthor. Like, what are you doing? Like you're messing up the bag, but we still really haven't seen them do a lot. Like the, the flashback episode with, Alejandro Rojas was where we saw them do the most and it was it was they were impressive and they looked strong and it was a great episode. It was one of my favorite episodes of the season so far. But besides that episode, we really haven't seen them do much. We saw we had Robocop slash, you know, Dr. Octopus show up. He did some stuff. But this whole like super organization that's dangerous and nobody can stop them, like I I haven't felt that vibe with them yet. And we're a little too late in the season, I think, for me to still be questioning their strength. Like, they need to do something drastic immediately for me to take them seriously. Because Luthor is so captivating when he's on screen. Like, he, he sucks up the life and the and the energy of the entire show. And it's not a bad thing. He's outstanding. But any other villain standing next to him just does I don't care about. Unless you make me care about them. And that's the one challenge Supergirl is going to have is you decided to insert Lex back into the fold when you had another main villain that was kind of bubbling up, does that main villain have any chance to make any kind of impact or make me care about them at all with Lex around? I have doubts because of how good Cryer is as Lex. They're going to have to really convince me otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good place to wrap the show, guys, this week. And and look out for next week's episode, by the way, of Supergirl because it's uh, Melissa Benost-directed Oh, sorry, not next episode, 17th episode. So we're not there yet. Next episode is called The Bodyguard. But 17th episode, Melissa Pinoza will be directing that one. I think that's her first time directing. So we'll be make sure we'll be watching that one. But this is going to wrap it for this week's edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I want to thank you all you guys for listening in. You can catch all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Make sure you uh, also follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook. New Generation Media on Twitter at New Generation Pod and on Instagram at New Generation Podcast. You can find me on social media as well, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, uh, Action EJ. Thank you guys again for listening in. We'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. For uh, Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.